2 Kings chapter 6 and Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to um, try not to rush. Uh, the, the flesh in me wants to rush and, and, and not be long. Um, uh, and, and, and I will, if I need to, I'll just cut the message off at a certain point. I don't want to drag everybody out tonight. I don't want to abuse my time. Uh, I'm thankful for everyone being here. This is our church, and man, we got people that love the Lord that come back to church on a on a, a Sunday night after they ate a big old meal and took long naps. I hope we had some long naps today. Amen. But uh, this is a continuation of Sunday school. Uh, last couple of weeks, uh, I was been doing a Sunday school on the spirit world, so this might be a little more teachy teachy more than preachy preachy, and that's a okay. Amen. Second Kings chapter 6 and Ephesians chapter 6 is where we're going this morning. Um, here in Second Kings chapter 6, we're not going to read the whole story, but I just want to read a few verses to prime the pump of our remembrance of the spirit world. You say, what are you talking about? Let me show you. Second Kings chapter 6 verse 15. It says, And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. If we could uh, re- remember uh, that saying and just think about that, that, that uh, um, fear not. They that be with us are more than they that be with him. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was what? Full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. There is power, and there is authority, and there is principalities, and there is dominions that we know practically nothing about. God, God gives us some pictures and some windows and some things that we can see, but by and large, we don't know much about this, but there's a whole spirit world out there all around us. And any time we start to think, oh, Master, how shall we do? Man, we just remember when God opened up His eyes, there was chariots of fire all around Him. And we think to ourselves, in times of trouble, we get in the valley and we think, man... My life is so hard, this is so bad, and I'm going through a hard time, and, and Lord knows that we do. We do. We all have different struggles at different times, at different rates, and whatever. But man, if God be for us, who can be against us? Who can separate us from His mighty hand? Man, that's not just a, a, a song, that's scripture, Amen. But if we can see the angels all around us, knowing that we're literally protected by the hand of God, that, that if that verse is true, that we believe in, that we quote all the time, I mentioned it today, uh, uh, um, uh, Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together, uh, 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 I don't want to say that wrong, uh, for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to His purpose. Who is that? People who are saved, people who are born again, people that have the Holy Spirit residing in them. We are protected. There ain't nothing that happens to us that God didn't say, hey, I'm going to allow that to happen. We're protected by God. There is a host of angels all around this world that we don't even know about. There's an entire spirit world out there protecting us. Amen. Let's, uh, Brother Vipon, would you open this message in a word of prayer, sir? Amen. 
Amen. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. We know this verse all too well. Amen. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, amen to that, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, where have taken you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. We too often feel like we're outnumbered in this world. <laughs> that servant said, alas, master, how shall we do? Uh, God didn't wake up that morning and say, oh my goodness, you're going to be surrounded by, who was it, the Syrians in that story? That didn't surprise God. Not even a little bit. Man, the faith of Elisha, we, I can't even fathom. But, but, but Elisha, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to speculate too much, but like, Elisha, it, it appears by how his demeanor was, how it's worded that like, he's just like, oh Lord, can you, can you just show him because he's worried. <laughs> that, that's what it seems like. Faith of Elisha, amen, amen. Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 28, 1 Samuel 28. We won't turn too much tonight, but amen, we'll be turning some. Amen. Last week we left off, I believe it was two weeks ago, but Brother Tony, did you preach Sunday school last week? You did last week, Amen. Uh, a couple weeks ago, last time I taught, we left off where King Saul was uh, seeking a witch in the middle of the night, right? We know he was backslidden. We know that he was absolutely in the wrong. He doesn't try to get rid of all the, the witches in the land. And I'm trying to recap a little bit to bring us back to where we were. He was desperate. He was ashamed. So he's sneaking around in the night to go, to go find this witch that, that he knows he shouldn't be doing. Amen. <clears throat> Verse Chapter uh, 28, verse 8. <clears throat> and Saul disguised himself and put on other raiment. And he went and two men with him. And they came to the woman by night. And he said, I pray thee, divine unto me by thy familiar spirit. And bring me uh, him up whom I shall name unto thee. And the woman said unto him, Behold, thou knowest what Saul had done. Uh, how he hath cut off those who have, uh, that have familiar spirits in the wizards and out of the land. Whereof then layest thou a snare for my life to cause me to die? And Saul swore to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord liveth, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. Then said the woman, Whom shall I bring up unto thee? And he said, Bring me up Samuel. And when the woman saw Samuel, now, now we gotta, we got to read this and, and read it. Pay attention to how it's worded. It's important. And when the woman uh, saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice, and the woman spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. Notice that upon bringing up these familiar spirits, it is somehow known to the witch that Saul is Saul, because she didn't know that up until this point. That's important. Look at verse 13. And the king said unto her, Be not afraid, for what sawest thou? He's saying, Hey, hey, don't be scared, but tell me, come on, what did you see? And the woman said unto Saul, I saw gods ascending out of the earth. And he said unto her, What form is he of? And she said, An old man cometh up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. And he stooped with his face. By the way, perceived, where is it? I got it, I threw it in my notes last minute. <clears throat> perceived means, uh, Webster's 1828 Dictionary, means known by the senses, 
felt, understood, observed. It's interesting. He didn't guess that it was Samuel. He perceived that it was Samuel. And he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself. For some reason, for some reason, God allows Samuel to speak to Saul in the midst of a sinful, uh, 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 backslidden state that, that, that Saul is in, under the cloak of a dark night, in the midst of demonic forces, yet God still gets the glory of it all. And you'll see that as we finish the passage. I'm trying to chew a lot today. <laughs> Amen. Why does Saul want this witch to bring up Samuel? We're not far. Look at verse, uh, chapter 28, verse 6. Because, well, first of all, because God so often spoke to Saul through Samuel. I mean, I mean, King Saul went to Samuel for everything. Uh, Samuel was God's uh, man that would speak to Saul. He, he, was, he was the man. In, in verse, uh, chapter 28, verse 6, it says, And when Saul inquired of the Lord, we're backtracking a little bit before, we came, before he went to the witch, it says, When Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams, nor by Urim, nor by prophets. Paul was backslidden. He was nowhere near God. And now he's wanting, he, he, he's wanting, he's wanting some answers from the, 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 the creator of the, of the universe, the God of Abraham, and he's getting nothing. That's what happens in a backslidden state. All of a sudden you become anxious, looking for answers. You want some quick answers. You, you, you want God to do something great in your life, but you've been backslidden for so long. All of a sudden you look for anything, any answers anywhere, then what do we wind up doing? Oh, this guy on YouTube agrees with me. Oh, cool. Right? Well, I'm just, I'm just, I just, I got to find somebody that will tell me what I want to hear. You're not going to find that here. Amen. We preach the word of God to the best of our possible abilities. Saul, through partial obedience, he's distanced himself from God. Oh, yeah, he got rid of witches, all right, and wizards, and he got rid of them, all right, but not all of them. Not all of them. Uh, man, that's a message in of itself. The, 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 the walk of faith of Samuel or the life of Samuel, if you could put it in two words, partial obedience. The, the, the ministry, life of Samuel, or I'm sorry, Saul. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Aaron's like, whoo. <laughs> uh, Saul, Saul, right from the beginning of his ministry, partial obedience, partial obedience. Who can't relate to that? Amen. Saul, he's desperate enough. He finds himself looking for, for a witch to help him find some answers. How, how, how backslidden you got to be to say, you know what? <laughs> Brother Tony, help me tonight. Let's go find a Ouija board. We got we to gotta get s- something going on. I don't care if it's uh, I got to talk to the demonic forces or whatever. Let's go find a witch. How backslidden you got to be? Let's go to the voodoo doctors to find out uh, if we can uh, contact Samuel or not. Are you kidding me? But that's how desperate he was. And immediately I'm thinking, I'd never get that far. Right? My flesh is like, I grew up in a Christian home. You know, I'm in America. Yeah, right? Take heed lest you fall, amen. 
But I'll tell you this, the further that we get from God, the further that our perspective changes. And the more that our perspective changes, all of a sudden, you're, you're listening to a different crowd in a different way. And all of a sudden, it doesn't sound so crazy to go talk to a witch. All of a sudden, you know what? Uh, smoking whatever that is, that doesn't sound so crazy after all. You know what? Them guys are kind of good guys. I work with them every day, right? I'm not kidding. I'll never try to commit suicide. Uh, You never went through what they went through. We take it so light, our walk with Christ. Eh, I don't need to study so much. I don't need to pray so much. Then life happens, and now we have no solid foundation. We have no assurance of our faith because we haven't studied to show ourselves approved unto God. Because then what are we? We're ashamed because we're not a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Guilty. Guilty. Philistine said, no one's ever going to scale that wall. That'll never happen. We don't need to worry about that. What happened? Jonathan was like, hey, armor bearer, let's go. Now armor bearer's like, I'm with you, uh, Jonathan. Let's scale that wall. And they killed however many Philistines. We say, well, you get, my point is, what we think we're the strongest is really like, like the, the number one target on our back. I've been faithful to God for 30 years. You know what? That's what Satan will use because you think you're invincible in that aspect. Preaching to, from the pulpit to the pew. Amen. Back to our text, uh, chapter 28, verse 11. <clears throat> then said the woman, Whom shall I bring up unto thee? And he said, Bring me up, Samuel. And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. And the woman spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. You know, it's not written in our text. What's not written in our text is exactly how she knew that it was Saul. I would encourage everybody to go read this at home and ponder it and meditate on it. You can't just read this passage. This is probably the most obscure passage in Scripture that I can think of right now. I mean, we compare Scripture with Scripture. Amen? There's like no Scripture to compare directly to this incident. Amen? So it's important that we read it carefully. But all of a sudden, at the same time, she realizes that it's King Saul She's also realizing that it's the prophet Samuel. It is seemingly, the way it's worded, it seems like she has seen the prophet Samuel. So either for some reason God allowed her to at that very moment uh, know that it was uh, Samuel and know that it was King Saul. Either God revealed it to her or if it was actually Samuel himself and Samuel made it known to the witch that that's King Saul. Did she cry out in surprise because of what she saw? Was it from what she saw or or from realizing that it was King Saul? Remember, King Saul, the one who said, kill all the witches, murder them. It's something worth meditating on. The Bible doesn't say exactly. 
Look at verse 13. And the king said unto her, Be not afraid, for what sawest thou? And the woman said unto Saul, I saw gods ascending out of the earth. Saul and his men can't see a thing. All, all they see is a witch in front of them that is all of a sudden scared by either what she saw or what she heard or, or even both. She saw gods descending out of the earth. And that sounds like scenes out of a horror movie. Like, really? You talk about a spirit world that we don't know much about. Woo! Look at verse 14. And he said to her, What form is he of? And she said, An old man cometh up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself. And Samuel, look at this. And Samuel said to Saul, Why hast thou disquieted me? To bring me up. Disquieted means, by the way, deprive of calmness or peace or disturb, make uneasy. And Samuel said to Saul, Why hast thou disquieted me to bring me up? And Saul answered, I am sore distressed. For the Philippines make war against me, and God has departed from me and answereth me no more, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called thee, that thou mayest make known unto me what I shall do. There's nowhere in Scripture like this. Where God even allowed this. Where man has been dead for a long period of time. And has been brought up from the dead in such a manner as this, especially and particularly in the house of a witch. I'm not reading from a fairy tale or from a science fiction novel, but this is the word of God. There's a spirit world out there that we don't know much about at all, save for what God tells us. We know that God has raised up people from the dead in his earthly ministry, that's for sure. We know that Moses and Elijah were seen by Peter, James, and John on what we call the Mount of Transfiguration. I'm almost done. Let's turn to Matthew 17.1. Matthew 17.1. Keep your place in uh, Samuel. We'll be there in just a moment. Matthew 17.1. It's a quick turn. We'll read it real quick. Matthew 17, 1, And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with them. I can't even imagine. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Talking about your eyes being open to some spiritual things. Woo! Wow. Wow. God has always been the one, the one who had the power to raise, who has the power to raise people from the dead. Or to open the eyes of a man to show them spiritual things that are unseen by our natural eye. It's always God that has that power. God gave us everything we need, need to know, everything that He wants us to know, uh, how He wants us to know, when He wants us to know. And however uh, 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 much He gives us on a topic or how little He gives us on a topic should be a really good indicator on um, how important it is to God for us to know. God doesn't give us a whole lot of information about uh, the spirit world. Even in this story, there's limited information. But God wanted us to know this. You know what God wanted us to meditate upon this? 
God didn't say major on this, but God wants us to know about this. There's so many unanswered questions about this story, yet God gave it to us just how he wants us to have it. There's two main thoughts on this portion of Scripture. There's two main schools of thoughts. Number one, it was not Samuel, but a demon that was uh, raised up pretending to be Samuel. And the gods ascending out of the earth were fallen angels or demons. And that's encouraged by the fact that a witch was known for the summoning of the dead. And that Saul, and I would say summoning of the dead, I would say witches would be known for summoning up demons. But that's a little bit of a rabbit trail. And Saul assumed it was Samuel by the description that was given to him by the witch herself. And Saul never actually saw his face or possibly anything for that matter. So one school of thought is, it wasn't Samuel at all, but, but a demon. Or number two... It was really Samuel that was raised up. And the gods ascending out of the earth were angels escorting the prophet Samuel uh, to speak to King Saul. That would be consistent with scripture. That God only has the authority to move or remove a saint from paradise. Or Abraham's bosom which is in the center of the earth. We know this. We know from scripture Samuel would have been residing because that's. Uh, uh, prior to the resurrection, prior to the cross. And in this scenario, God would have been the one in control and not the witch. The Bible never said it wasn't Samuel. You know, in other places in Scripture, near I say everywhere else in Scripture, it always identified a demon. Evil spirit was always, always identified. Our word of God is perfect and there's no mistakes. And this entire passage and portion of scripture is referred to, and Samuel said, and Samuel said, and the witch saw Samuel, and Samuel said. Also, Samuel seemed consistent with himself. What do you mean by that? As he reverenced God and shamed King Saul for his sins. That's not consistent with what a demon would do. Look at verse 16. 1 Samuel 28, 16. Then says Samuel, Wherefore then dost thou ask of me, seeing the Lord is departed from thee and has become thine enemy? And the Lord hath done to him as he spake by me, for the Lord hath rent the kingdom out of thine hand and given it to thy neighbor, even to David. Because thou obeyest not the voice of the Lord, nor executest his fierce wrath upon Amalek, therefore hath the Lord done this thing unto thee this Day. What we done in five minutes? Jump back to chapter 15, verse 22. 1 Samuel 15, 22. I just want to look back a few chapters. Look at something really, really interesting about Amalek. It's very much worth noting here. That before Samuel died, before Samuel died, there's a conversation going on. It says, verse 22, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than a sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. I mean, we use that for our kids all the time. Man, it's way better to obey than to sacrifice. I, I don't want to have a black and blue rear end 
uh, spiritually for the rest of my life. I would rather enjoy the blessings and promises that he wants to give me and the liberty that I have in Christ instead of always being bound and God saying, nope, got to punish you, got to punish you. I want to live for Christ with all that I have and not have to be spanked all the time. But yet we have Christians that daily want to rebel against Christ and say, you know what? I don't want to do it like that. I'm going to do it my way. And then Samuel went on saying, and look at this, look at this. Samuel, before he died, talking to King Saul, he says, For rebellion is as the sin of what? Witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Isn't it interesting that some of the last things that Samuel ever said to King Saul was, Hey, your rebellion is just like witchcraft. And yet here King Saul is. You know what? I'm going to go talk to a witch. Are you kidding me? You say, I would never come to that. And yet our founding fathers would look at America and say, we would never come to where we are today. We love our babies. No, we know what a man and woman is. We can, identify, we can describe what a woman is. It seemed unfathomable years ago. Here we are. You know, people thought, I'd never, uh, uh, I'll never be addicted to pornography. I'll never be addicted to pills or drugs or alcohol. I'll never cheat on my wife. I'll never uh, quit a, a loving Lord or God's people are going to church. But yet we find ourselves in that very situation. People don't wake up that way. It happens over time. Over time, rebellion, rebellion, rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Back to our text. 1 Samuel 28, 19, we're just about done. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines. And tomorrow shalt thou and thy sons be with me. The Lord also shall deliver the host of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. Woo! Samuel, and I believe it was Samuel. Samuel knew what was going to happen the next day. Demons are not predictors of the future. Say what's in the Word of God, anyways. Demons can guess at things or maybe make educated guesses. They can't tell the future. And even though a demon could have guessed that, that, that Saul was going to die the next day, it wasn't a crazy guess because <laughs> Philippines were right out there and they were ready to kill the whole army, amen. But only God himself knows what a day may bring forth. Samuel said that Saul and his sons were going to die the next day. But notice something that's really, really interesting. Samuel said that you will be with me. If that's Samuel, then he's talking about paradise, Abraham's bosom. Remember when Jesus said to the thief on the cross, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Amen. I believe that this one specific occasion in the Bible, God allowed us to take a look through a small window into the spirit world. Not to major on or to cause fear at the thought of death. But for the child of God that we can find comfort and we can find encouragement. That God is in control both now and for eternity. One last verse. Verse 20. Then Saul fell straightway along uh, on the earth and was sore afraid because of the words of Samuel. And there was no strength in him for he had eaten no bread all the day nor all the night. We can learn from the preachers of old, amen. But we should really focus on the Word of God. 
moron, God's man of years gone by. I'm thankful for commentaries. There's a benefit to them. Not everybody agrees with me, and that's fine. But I thank God for any comments that Brother Tony has on the Word of God, Brother Vipon, amen, and Brother Zollers. Those are commentaries that I would hold dear and strongly consider. When we have issues in our life, a dead preacher isn't where we're going to find comfort. God just wants us to, to look to Him. That, that's where the comfort is. Our problems would be so much smaller and meaningless if we could just practice full obedience instead of partial obedience. I believe that we're going to talk to King Saul one day. I believe he was saved. And I believe his main story is going to be, guys, serve the Lord with all your heart. Don't trust your own understanding. Hey, in all your ways, just acknowledge the Lord. He'll direct your paths. Hey, don't be wise in your own eyes. Seriously, he'll say, fear the Lord. Depart from rebellion. Depart from witchcraft. Partial obedience. Wound up in rebellion. Wound up uh, uh, playing with the spirit world. A place you ought not been.